We see in all of our readings today the, that they point to a gospel urgency. There's a sense of urgency in all the readings. I need to respond now in all of them. Jonah goes around Nineveh with that tough proclamation that he didn't want to announce and the Lord had specifically asked him to do. And so he goes, 40 days more and Nineveh will be destroyed. And the Ninevites took it to heart and they did convert. St. Paul also writes to the Corinthians, that community that he visited many times and wrote two letters to. He writes to them, to them, the time is running out. And then he goes on to speak to them about living this life as pilgrims, as if you didn't own anything. Be detached. Those having a spouse as not having one, those rejoicing as not rejoicing, those buying as not possessing. Be detached. And he concludes, the world in its present form is passing away. Finally, Jesus in our gospel for today, he also speaks of a timeline. This is the time of fulfillment, he says. Repent and believe in the gospel. And the first apostles took it to heart as we read that they immediately abandoned their nets and followed Jesus. Immediately, at that moment. The Lord is on the move. Time is passing away. Important decisions ought to be made. Life is short. This is the urgency of the gospel. Today is the word of the Lord. Not yesterday as it's already gone or tomorrow as it has not come yet. Today. Today is the time of fulfillment, says Jesus. Today. This word today appears 20 times in the Gospels in the lips of Jesus. So it was a very important word. He invited people constantly to live in that moment, in the here and now, in the today of their lives. We see it, for example, when he began his public ministry and he went to the synagogue in Nazareth. And in his first preaching, he said, Today, the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And to the man on the tree in the city of Jericho, he commands, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And then he would say to him and his family, Today, salvation has come into this house. And finally, in one of his last dialogues on the cross, he said to Dimas, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today is the word of Jesus. Now, this is the moment. This is the time of fulfillment. However, there's another principle of urgency in our lives, but with very different results. This is the principle of instant gratification that leads to procrastination. When we postpone important things in our lives for the sake of lesser goods that are easier or more fun to do at that moment. 
In that way, we end up delaying the things that we really need to do. We procrastinate until some deadline comes around. And this produces a big deal of anxiety in our lives because we act under pressure for the most important things that we need to do. Plus, we cannot enjoy really those fun or easier things that we do because of that deadline and we are under pressure all the time. This sense of procrastination and that urgency, we could say because of that desire for instant gratification and giving our hearts to things that are very quick in our lives, it's very different from the gospel urgency that I speak about, that Jesus really spoke about. It doesn't come with any anxiety. The gospel urgency, on the contrary, comes with great peace of heart, even in the middle of a faster-paced life. So how is that possible? It is possible because there's no room for procrastination in our faith. The key is that the Lord calls us to respond today to His callings of today. Do not delay our conversion. And why is that? Why is that the only wise thing to do really in our faith? And the answer is very simple. Because we don't know if we will be faithful tomorrow. We don't know. We can in fact es estimate that we might not be faithful tomorrow. We don't know. The gospel wisdom is that it grows in us. That is almost like a spiritual rule that we can keep always with us. The gospel always grows in us. Not, not as a desire outside of us, but in us. As we say yes to the gospel invitations, we open ourselves to consecutive yeses in our lives. So you want to be in possession of the gospel always, to seize the gospel right away, like the apostles did, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They received that good news from Jesus and they seized that opportunity right away. It wouldn't be their definitive yes. They had to say yes to the gospel many other times. But it was only possible because they seized that opportunity that they had at that moment. That is the gospel principle. That is the gospel urgency. Being able to respond today to the graces of today. The Lord was passing along the shore Peter, Andrew, James, and John saw him. They didn't know if he would come again in the next day. And so they dropped everything and followed him. This is the most prudent thing to do. To respond immediately to the gospel is the most prudent thing to do. To seize the opportunity to embrace the gospel. So, how are we able to do it? How can we live our lives with this mentality of this gospel urgency, we could say? How can we live with that same urgency that the first disciples had for their lives? I think that as we try to go deeper into the reading for today, we see three main characteristics that help them to be available to the Lord and, and to live in that urgent way their lives. So let me share those three with you tonight. The first one is that we need to see the gospel as good news. 
I want to challenge you that we don't see the gospel so much as good news for our lives. The first four disciples were able to grasp the good news that Jesus was proposing. A good news for their own lives. A better news than the life that they were living to that point. And it is only because of that conviction that what Jesus was proposing was a better news than what they had experienced thus far. Is that they were able to leave everything behind. Jesus says today, believe in the gospel. And that word is evangelion. It is the word for good news that appears a few other times in the New Testament and, and sometimes in the Old Testament. We hear gospel and we directly think of the four gospels as if Jesus was saying, repent and believe in the gospels, you know, in the Bible. Well, the Bible wasn't around yet. Jesus says, repent and believe in the good news. The time of fulfillment, this is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. The good news, in our words, is here with you. Jesus himself is the good news. And the apostles were able to see that good news. We don't know exactly what they saw, but if we try to see in the New Testament that word good news, gospel, evangelion, we can get a better sense. Why is it a good news? What's the content of that good news? Let me share with you a little bit of, a, of Bible study here. And uh, there, this might be too much information, but I think it could be helpful uh, for this week. In the first place, I think it is a good news of truth for our lives. We read from St. Paul in Colossians 1.5, You have heard the gospel as the word of truth. The gospel is a word of truth. Jesus is the one who reveals the truth of who God is. Until Jesus came, we could only guess and feel after God. But Jesus has shown us the face of God so that we may be able to see God with certainty. That we may be able to know God, how God loves, what God teaches, how God acts in our lives, be able to see principles of His action with us. It is a good news <laughs> that we have received a revelation of the truth of who God is and that everything that doesn't quite match with, with that face that Jesus showed us. It's, it's not God. It might come close to it, but it's not. It is a gospel of, of good, uh, good news of, of truth. In the second place, it is a good news of hope. St. Paul also, a few verses later, he says, do not shift from the hope of the gospel that you heard. The hope of the gospel that you heard. The gospel is good news of hope for our lives. A good news capable of helping us to overcome pessimism in our lives. As St. Paul would also say, I can do all things in Christ who comforts me. In other words, the truth that God revealed to us in Christ is not just like a standard or, or commandments that I need to fulfill and I can't. But I can do all things in Christ who comforts me. That is a, a message of hope, a good news of hope 
that we can do all things in Christ, that there's more to ourselves than we think, that many times we settle ourselves for too little because we only count in our human means. But there's more to us when we open our lives to Jesus Christ. That is the good news of hope. That in the one who lives in us, we are victorious and we can conquer and we can do much more than we've ever imagined. And if you have given your life to Christ and started walking with him, you can already witness to this. That you have been able to conquer things that you didn't know that you could. In the third place, it is a good news of peace. St. Paul says in Ephesians, May your feet be shot in readiness for the gospel of peace. It is a gospel of peace because it comes to bring together all the forces in our lives. It is interior peace. Christ is the only one who can unify all of our energies, passions, purposes, desires, projects. And he can unify all of them and make that strength go and be pointed in the same direction. That brings us inner peace in our hearts to live a life that is harmonious and unified, organic. It is a good news of immortality as well. Second Timothy, our Savior Jesus Christ who destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So it is a good news of immortality that we are on the way to life rather than death. That death does not have the last word. Isn't that a good news? That we can hear the words of St. Paul, this world as it is, it is passing away. But we know that death does not have the last word. But it's only the beginning of what Christ has prepared for those who love him. We know that life doesn't end, but it is transformed we are walking towards fullness of life, we could say. And finally, it is a good news of salvation. St. Paul, again, in him, you, have, you also have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Isn't it good news that we are saved in Jesus Christ, in the one who has died for you and risen from the dead? That is a great news. And not only eternal damnation and salvation at the end of our lives, but salvation today. That you can begin to live your life as a saved person. Being saved, living in grace, living differently than what we had experienced before. Victoriously, as those who have conquered sin. So the message of Jesus is good news indeed as I shared with you. We can't say that the disciples maybe grasped all these things at once or they were able to frame them in, in this way. But for sure they knew that the presence of Jesus was good news for their lives, that he is the true gospel, the good news. They had a grasp of that. As we less, uh, read last Sunday, they had already spent one day with Jesus. And they were caught in awe of who he was and the kind of things that he could do in their lives. They recognized the Messiah 
very specific term for God. They recognized their salvation. And so they knew that he was the good news. And so when he came along the shore and called them, follow me, they knew that he was a true gospel worthy of leaving everything behind. And that leads us to our second point, how these disciples were living their lives. They were able to forget what lies behind. The disciples, as we read in the gospel today, they dropped everything for that good news. They dropped everything for that good news. They dropped their nets, what they knew how to do. They well, they didn't drop their father, but they left their father behind. The one who knew them best. And they left the hired men, what they knew to be their safety, safety net, their source of income in their lives. So they left everything behind for that good news. And if you take a look at those three things, they're all good things in their lives. All good things. But good things that were preventing them from going for greatness, for holiness, for more, for the better news that Jesus had for their life. So there is a cost to this gospel. There's a cost to the good news. And it is helpful to know that there is one. So that we may be able to forget of what lies behind Embracing the gospel always implies leaving behind another small case gospel. There's a lot of small case gospels, good news in our lives, good things. But in order to grasp the gospel, the invitations of Christ, there's always good things that we also need to leave behind, like the disciples did. And finally, before I go too long, the third point can get it to work. The third point is to live life wholeheartedly. Invested in what you are doing now. Making the decision of doing things with our whole hearts. If not, maybe better not to do them. The disciples were living their lives invested in what they were doing. They were fishermen. The gospel writer says they were fishermen. So they were doing their work day and not apart from God. They had already encountered Jesus once. They knew that he was the Messiah. They were awaiting the kingdom of God. They were probably doing their work with that expectation in their hearts, offering that to the glory of God. And it was because they were good fishermen that they were able to become holy fisher of men. So they were invested. We ought to be invested. Galilee, where Jesus encounters them, is the workplace, as opposed to Jerusalem, the spiritual center. Jesus goes and finds them doing their work and doing it with their whole hearts. So the third point is being able to enjoy the things that we do as we do them, to offer them for the glory of God and to invest our hearts. And I know that we just read in that second reading, St. Paul saying, you know, be detached. If you have a spouse, live as not having one. If you're buying as not possessing, all these different things. The invitation, and that's an aspect of the gospel. We need that detachment. That's an aspect of our faith, and we know it well. But it is also St. Paul who says in 1 Timothy, rely on God who richly provides us with all things for our enjoyment. 
So there's a place also for enjoyment of the good things that the Lord is giving us in this life and to invest our hearts in those things, in your studies, in your work, in your relationships, in your friendships, in your readings, in your leisure, in your sports, in everything that we do to live our lives invested with our hearts so that we may be ready when the Lord calls and not procrastinate. Let us seize the gospel as presented to us today, the good news that is worth leaving everything behind. Let us make that decision to live with this gospel urgency in our lives so that we may respond to the Lord, to his callings in the today of our lives.